Hi, everyone, and welcome to a conversation with uh, this week. My guest is Dampy Brar. He is a hockey legend. He's a former professional hockey player and co-founder of Up Now Hockey. And most recently, he is the winner of Willie O'Ree Community Award by the NHL, amongst several other awards that we are going to touch on. Um, so welcome, Dampy Brar. Thank you very much for having me and uh, I'm going to wish you the best of luck on your podcast and your future podcast and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited about this. So you have been playing, I feel like you've been born with a hockey stick in your hand. Like you've been playing hockey your entire life and you're originally from BC and then you moved to Calgary and mm -hmm. you start playing hockey in BC or... I honestly, uh, my parents were big fans of the WWE wrestling. So okay. when they came to Canada, uh, they went to different places. They went to different parts of BC. They settled in Sparwood, BC. And uh, lucky for them and lucky for everybody, uh, there were 60, 65 families in Sparwood. There was about 20, 20, 25 East Indian families in Elkford, BC. Cosnes Pass had about 15, 20 families. And Fernie had about 10. So in those four communities, there was a lot of East Indian people. And because there was 13 coal mines back there, so the major industry there was working coal mines. It doesn't matter if you're non-Indian or Indian or Italian or anybody. Uh, the basis of that industry in that area was uh, coal mines and sawmill. And so, uh, lucky for my parents, again, uh, there was like people there for quite some time. So they had older players that played hockey. So I, my, my, one of my good friends that taught me how to skate was five years older than me. Okay. And uh, so he was in hockey. He was in his fifth year of hockey. And he's like, uh, and so he was in hockey. So he would talk about hockey. And then, and my parents were like, no, we like that wrestling. And, uh, and people were like, it's fake. You know that, right? They're <laughs> like, but they, I guess they like the storyline. And uh, yeah. so, so when we're in Sparrow, we lived in these townhomes. And, right, and most of the East Indians were in those townhomes. And the kids would play hockey in the street. So they were older than me. So I would watch them. And then my mom and dad may have seen me watch them play and bought me this plastic hockey stick. I had a plastic puck. So I went in this in the basement. It didn't have any uh, carpet or anything. It, so the puck flowed nicely on the concrete. And I had a milk crate and I would just shoot at it. I, was, I would kind of emulate what the kids were outside were doing. And, and um, I had a knack of commentating when I'm playing. And my English was really bad because I was my first language was Punjabi. So yeah. I, whatever language I was speaking and doing, I was doing. And so the interest of hockey grew. And then my, as a couple of families came up, it was like, you know, our kid's a little older. You should put Dampy in hockey. And my dad was a sportsman back home okay. in India. He played volleyball. There's a type of volleyball where it's not the bumps that spike. It's the shooting, the Indian style. He was really, really good. And when I went to India last three times, they talked about how good my dad was. And not only in the, the village, but like surrounding areas that – he was like a standout and then people started getting jealous of him that he got asked to play on of select teams. So my dad had that little sportsness in him. So when he put me in hockey, uh, he kind of complied, right? He wasn't that, well, I've yeah. never done, I've never done it before. So we'll yeah. see. Right. But he was more like, yeah, let's, let's put him in hockey. And like I said, having other people to rely on and to assist was awesome. And, and yeah, and I started at the age of five learning to skate. One of my good friends, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 50, uh, 49 um, in January of this year. So he had some health issues, but uh, I really credit him for 
put uh, take me out skating. He told me I learned in like five or six minutes, and uh, and so I my birthplace of hockey too though it was in Sparta, and that's where the start happened. So uh, and I haven't stopped since then. So uh, from being in the basement to being this age at the age of forty five with my kids um, playing hockey has been or being part of hockey has been there every step of the way. Which is amazing. Then you played in the International Hockey League, right? After moving to Alberta. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I played a year of college in in the uh, in Edmonton, and uh, I got scouted out of there. And I had a a teammate whose dad was an agent. He's like, "No, you should be playing here. You should you should try. You should be playing junior hockey." I'm like, "Well, my parents are typical Indian parents. They want me to go to school, and if hockey's part of it, then it's part of it. Yeah. But if it's not, it's not." And uh, I played two junior, uh, three years of junior hockey in BC. I played junior B when I was 16 and played junior eight uh, in Fernie, BC, which everybody knows uh, for two years. <clears throat> and then I played so you were college away hockey. from home at this time, obviously? Yeah. Uh, when I was playing junior B when I was 16, I was living at my house. Uh, Fernie is only 20 minutes away in the wintertime, depends on the snow. It's mm-hmm. only like 20, 25 minutes away. Uh, I played minor hockey in Fernie as well for select teams. So Fernie was like, Fernie is like from us being in, uh, northwest side of Calgary, Lake Panorama to Chinook Mall. Right. Let's say okay. that's not that far away. Yeah. So the, the distance wasn't too much. And <clears throat> so I played minor hockey in Fernie and so forth. So when I, uh, uh, when I played hockey in Edmonton, I, that was my first time living outside my house without mom and dad, without Uh-oh. mom's cooking, <laughs> living in the dorm. Yeah. And my mom cried so much when they left me for school and, and stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? You're going to get skinny. I'm like, I'm already skinny, <laughs> so I can't go anywhere that. So uh, I know I can see my on my dad's face when I left. He's, I can see when he shook my hand or gave me kind of, he was not an emotional guy. He just gave me a kind of a hug. And, yeah. and uh, I kind of stayed strong. Uh, but when I seen the minivan pull away, I was yeah. like, okay on my own now and i've been kind of living away from parents if you will since that time right so i played a year of college like i said lived in the dorms and then um, played pro hockey from 20 to 27 and uh you know and life started after hockey and uh, but uh, played in the west coast hockey league uh predominantly most my my years uh with tacoma sabercats and kind of uh, fell in love with the uh, the organization and just uh, everything. Won a championship there, and hockey was good there, and <clears throat> learned lots. Uh, was in the community a lot there, and you won and an award the, when you were with that team as well, right? Yeah, I had like well, I played there five years, so I was leading goal scorer, and uh, I did get uh, every every year I got that most popular player by the fans. So I wasn't a fighter. It wasn't like my personality was out there where you fight and. You know, and, and the American fans are just like, oh, this guy's great. I, yeah. uh, you know, I played the game. Uh, you know, I was an offensive player, if you will, played in all different capacities, uh, played all different positions, if you will. Um, but I think, you know, winning that award for me, I didn't realize what it meant. But, uh, you know, fans were out there voting for you because they felt that you were a good person. And, uh, and I did a lot of being in the community of going to schools to talk about schooling and, and talk about how Canada is different than the U.S. And now we're at this age, you realize Canada and U.S. may be same in some things and some yeah. difference. And we won't talk about politics there. But um, <laughs> yeah, just, just talk about Canada. And also, they all want to know where I'm from because like, I didn't look like a normal Canadian. So and okay. I, I could really package that off and really sell that off in an interesting way. And teachers would be like, that's great. And go to hospitals to talk to terminally ill kids or make visits, uh, go sign autographs, be part of like, 
functions with fans and stuff. So I, I think that I didn't realize like doing all that is going to be a kind of a, a thing that I'm doing now, right? You, you just so did you've it been involved in the community like for a long time. This isn't right. just the last few years. This is, I feel something that has been instilled in you for yeah. Yeah. a very long time, yeah. which is great. Yeah, like it all started in Tacoma where, you know, like I said, you, you need a fan base. So you're in the community and and they pick players that they feel that will bring that fan base to it. But I enjoy talking to people and, you know, the kids would, um, you know, line up after games to get autographs and some of our teammates um, and uh, would want to rush off to the clubs and get her going, uh, you know, on a Saturday night. But I would stay yeah. back and and uh, and do that and i thought it was something that should be of the norm i didn't think it was i was doing anything spectacular but uh and those kind of things that really attach yourself to your personality like to give and to be helpful and you know i had a dog named after me it was kind of weird um he was like what dampy is sick and i'm like uh i'm right here and they're like <laughs> dampy's really sick so i have to go home i'm like um uh, who's uh. she's oh she goes oh i'm sorry she's a 16 year old goes i named my dog after you i'm like oh kind or of puppy cute. or yeah he's a puppy and you know puppies when they're smaller and guess they need a lot of attention right so yeah. uh, and then i had a hamster named after me and uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> uh yeah so it's kind of weird like yeah i bought a hamster named after you as this young eight-year-old girl right and, uh, so and I'm like, and I realized that Dampy's not really, it's not really good pet name, but if they want to do it, all the power to it. Yeah. And then I played in the International Hockey League, which was a step lower than the NHL. And that was the highest mm -hmm. I went and really good experience and really good, uh, you know, once again, meeting good people and teammates and so forth. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, the whole career, I can't ask for anything better. And, uh, you know, you learned lots and, and developed uh, the person that I am. So when you were in the International Hockey League, what, what is like one of your biggest lessons learned from that experience? Well, uh, in the International League, when it's a, a step lower than the NHL, you see how fast the game is, how smart the players is. Actually, I felt that it was a little easier to play up there because the players you're playing against are a step faster, better, more knowledgeable, if you will. So um, you learn uh, a lot like from the, the the type of hockey that was played on the west coast i'm not saying it was worse or anything but you know it's it's a different level and and just a different type of professionalism different uh, quirks you get playing at a higher level and you know the pregame meals are all set out for you and on the road like you don't have to look for a restaurant everything's ready in the um, in the in the rest in the, in the hotel and it's it's just a little everything's a little step up right and mm -hmm. imagine and then, and then talking to some of the players that played in the NHL, they're like, oh, when you go to the NHL, uh, or a play, when a player makes it to the NHL, it's just a whole different animal. It's just uh, everything's five-star and everything's proper and, yeah. you know, you get everything. And uh, so, yeah, just to hear stories and just learning that uh, that level of hockey's out there that, you know, was, you know, I got to one level lower. And, and I, you know, and you start, when you're on the road quite a bit, you start thinking like, how this will affect you when you get older is are you going to have resentment that you didn't make it or not but for me it was more uh you learn and then you uh, uh you want to you know help others right and that's basically in the, the seat that i'm in right now is that if we have any player that are south asian from any background that needs any guidance and assistance and you definitely want to help them and encourage them and inspire them and and help them throughout their journey 
So was that kind of like your aha moment, like when you were in the IHL, like thinking, okay, this is definitely, I mean, like I said, you've been involved in the community so much, like since the beginning, but when you were in the IHL, was that kind of like, okay, this is my purpose and this is what I'm trying to do. And now I need to do more of it. Yeah. I think I, in Vegas, uh, so when I played in the IHL, I played for Las Vegas and I remember scoring a goal and they interviewed me between, uh, periods. And I can't remember what hockey player came up to me and, and, and the way I spoke and, and they, they asked me about the goal and it was my first goal. So I still have the puck. Uh, it's at my parents' house. Um, and, uh, they asked me a few questions and I can't remember back then. And, and one of the teammates goes to me, he goes, Hey kid, really good. I heard you on the, uh, cause they put me on the jumbotron uh, when they it. did the interview. Yeah. He goes, you spoke really well. He goes, I know when you get older, when you're in front of the camera, you're going to be awesome at it. He goes, you look like that and you can speak. He goes, yeah. <laughs> and just like, and he goes, uh, he goes, buddy, the way you spoke and, uh, cause I probably mentioned my parents that they would have been happy. And he's like, yeah, he goes, you're going to do some great things with hockey. And I, and this guy, you know, when you get called up, you don't get to know everybody. Like, like yeah. hardcore teammates uh, um, in Tacoma, everybody, you know, you know, their family, uh, you know, if they're married or not, or single, where they're from, what part of us or Europe or Canada they're from. But here it is, you know, it's a new, a new team and it, um, and you're playing for them. And uh, just the way he said what he said, and uh, it kind of hit me. I'm like, Oh, how does he even know what I'm going to be? It's just like, he's just yeah. read out my future right there, walking by with a, with an orange peel in his hand and he's ripping out like it's between periods, right? <laughs> just a, like an unorthodox conversation and just that little conversation kind of hit me in. But there's obviously different experiences. Even when I was younger, uh, you know, I was named team captain when I was 10 years old. I know it doesn't mean too oh, much. Oh, wow, okay. And I, mean, I was a 10 year old. Yeah. Like they put it, they're like the captain. I started crying and uh, I told my dad cause, cause they, uh, you know, team captains are usually more vocal in addressing, but you're 10 years old. And, and my dad called the coach and said, no, Dampy doesn't want to be a uh, captain. And, uh, no. and it was my, fr and I was a year younger than some of the kids. And, uh, and he goes, uh, coach Ian Horn, I still remember. And he goes, uh, sorry, my dad's name is Ram. He goes, sorry, Ram, uh, stay, he's going to stay captain. Uh, he's going to be a leader when he gets older and, uh, and I'm going to, uh, he deserves to wear the C and become our, uh, to be our leader. I got on the phone with Ian because we didn't have speaker phones back then. Yeah. It was a big wire, yeah. right? And he goes, uh, and I remember going high and sniffling and he was like, don't worry, Dampy, you're always going to be a leader. And that's, he told my dad and then he told me, he's like, yeah, so you're, I'm not taking the C away from you just because you don't want to, you don't have to say anything, but you're a leader. And kind of, you know, those little moments really kind of, reside in you so I had very good uh, mentors when I was you know from coaches to players and stuff and different experiences that kind of built up my personalities tell me about your experience about bringing a hockey team from India to Canada okay well yeah I was part of it so I there's a lot of people involved obviously mm -hmm. it's not going to take myself and just Lali it's took everybody right. we went to the um, we did attend the the, the, the fundraiser that was in uh, Surrey, BC in April, end of April, 2018. Okay. So we went there and we got to see everything. And then we met some hockey players that played uh, in, uh, for the university or played WHL East Indian hockey players. They were there. Haley Wickenheiser was there. So we seen like how the, the story of them being there in January, seeing the girls hockey team, just everything. We, we, we absorbed everything. And just like what, Lali and I went up to the organizer and said, Hey, if you need any help, if, if, if and when the girls come down, um, 
we are more than happy to help. And that was in April. And mm-hmm. I get a call in, I, I get a call in June. I was playing this hockey tournament, ice hockey tournament in the summertime. And I get a call and I was like, Hey, Dampy, if you want to be part of this, uh, the girls are going to come, but we're going to let you know in October where you fit in. Uh, would you like to do any sessions with the girls? I'm like, sure. Um, do you, and anything that they asked, I'm like, yeah, I can. Oh, what if you go to BC and when the girls arrive there, they're going to be there. Probably. Yeah, sure. Okay. I go, I have flexibility. I'm, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a moment of history. That's never going to come back. Right. Girls, ice hockey team. I have a daughter myself. I have a niece and I have a lot of friends that have, you know, female athletes from not just hockey. And I thought it was great. And I think it would be a great thing for our family to be part of. Right. Cause when I found out what capacity. So, so when I were at that, function i go to love and like hey this is a no-brainer if we get asked to help out great if they say no then you know it's up to them right so but you know we got the go ahead and i went to went to bc to uh, to receive the girls at the Vancouver international airport so i got to see them come off the plane and um, you know walk off the walk into the baggage claim and them looking around and and it was great for me it was like little young relatives daughters coming yeah. to play hockey you know and you know being being out of the indian uh, culture um, not just Punjabi culture, indian, indian culture um, seeing how boys are always put for first and mm-hmm. you know boys boys sports and sons first and this and that i was like i want to be an advocate for for girls hockey especially from india and they're like and some of the people are like well they're not from punjab that's where we're from and yeah. uh, i'm like i don't care it can be from an island just outside of India. It could be yeah. anywhere. I don't care. They're, they they um, respect the Indian flag. Um, they're girls that are playing a game that I love to play, and I want to play till I'm 100. Um, I have a daughter that will be inspired, um, and it's breaking barriers, and that's the biggest thing. And I want to be there, and I want to be part of it, and and that's how. Uh, yeah, and that's how I took it, and uh, I'm glad we got that opportunity. And the people that were involved were awesome at bringing the, you know, we we did a very good setup in BC. They did a very good setup in Calgary. Uh, with you know all the sponsors that helped, and the girls, they got such great positive um, acceptance here. And and uh, you know, needless to say, when they left, it was very emotional. So it was. Uh, it was just the whole experience was awesome being in Canada with them and them loving the game and they loved it and enjoyed it. And we enjoyed it as, as well. So we, we did thank them as well. I think that's super important. Like the fact that these women are coming from India, right. And that they're actually athletes and playing the sport. And like, as much as I hate to admit that there's still um, discrimination just general with like female athletes and whatnot. And then I'm sure in the hockey world, there's still a lot of discrimination against that. But I love that you and your organization, I see you promoting women all the time in that way, even like from your own kids, when I see your Instagram posts or whatever, like your daughter, she plays and I'm like, that's amazing. Like we need more people and more advocates and more fathers even to be encouraging that in their daughters because why should there be discrimination yeah well i think so and i think in it's there's a stigma in our culture that girls should be put in this kind of situation and i think uh that's and i've always felt that not even before i had kids i think i made uh i remember uh 
hearing it was uh, in our family maybe or i can't remember exactly the 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 timeline and all that i know it was before i had kids before i was married and i remember hearing a mom going to the daughter going you're you're not fit enough to play sports just let your older brothers play you just do what you need to do because later on in life you're going to be a wife and you need to know oh my God. B and C. And I remember I'm stepped in. I'm like, well, I I live on my own, right? Meaning I, I'm hockey. I I make food for myself. I do laundry. I wash the dishes. And my mom goes, actually, he does all that here too. Like when he comes back from hockey. So they're like, yes. He goes, I go, my mom gave me all the skills. So that when later on that I, it would be a unified situation to run a household and then not just the lady doing everything. And, uh, and so it's just me and my brother and our family, just two boys. We did adopt my, uh, my uh, first cousin and then she lived with us for seven years. But even before that, like it was kind of ingrained in us to, 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 to be able to do everything. But I remember stepping in and said like, you know, why do you let your, why do you tell your boys to clean up after themselves and stuff? And I kind of stepped in for them. And I go, I don't like that tone that the boys get to have a free ride and the girl's supposed to be like, she's only 15 years old yeah. and already turning. And I didn't like that. And, and, uh, and it just, it just hit me then. And um, I was only 22 at 20, 22, I think I was. And so I spent three years on my own and, uh, and I had the confidence to say that. And I said, no, this is not right. And, you know, you're treating her, you're gearing her to be like that. And she wants to play soccer. It was in BC an hour yeah. more, more I think about it. So and uh, yeah, so I don't, I didn't really take that, and uh, I stepped up kind of for her, but for, you. for the reasons, the rights. But okay. yeah, yeah, for me, you know, even my daughter, like I, in, we're in Livingston area here, and uh, we get to rent out; it's free, but the ice time for hour, hour and a half, and uh, and uh, some of Seva's player friends that are in the area um, will come out, and well, my daughter go, "Can I come too, or is it Aww. just the boys?" I'm like, "Oh no, I can make." you got to come out too. So yeah. I've never kind of hindered her. And um, it doesn't matter if there's boys on the ice or not. There's certain situations where it's save us teammates will be uh, playing hockey in Glenbrook area and I'll take them. I'm like, well, you can still come, but there'll be 10 boys out there playing and, you know, you can work with me and she'll be like, Oh no, I'll, I'll be at, at my house. But that was the only time. But if there, if there's an opportunity to take her for any, anything sports related or whatever, uh, I'll take her even flames games. I remember I got tickets when I was in real estate. No, Maybe just before real estate, uh, uh, I got a tickets from a client in uh, Los Angeles Kings and Flames, and my son already went to three games. So, and it was a school night. It was a Tuesday, yeah. And uh, I and our seats were second from the glass. And I go to save. I'm like, I'm gonna take your daughter, take your sister. Yeah. And he goes, Well, she's gonna fall asleep. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I know that, but I don't, don't care. Yeah. So they're nice seats. So we're and she gets. I remember walking down with her holding her hand and she had this long ponytail going <laughs> she looks back we're sitting there i'm like yeah uh -huh. second row she's like save us gonna be so jealous and she was just like and uh yeah first period she liked it and she's seen the body check you know we're right there by the yeah. glass yeah and yet she watched the first period like like properly and the second period it's almost like all right. Uh, and then, you know, she's, uh, she was, I don't know, this is about three years ago. She's only six or something. And, uh, and uh, then she started getting tired. And then, you know, she wanted to sit in my lap. And by the third period, 
started. Oh. <laughs> she was out. And uh, I didn't care. I knew that she was only going to watch a part of the game. Even if it was about a minute and a half, I didn't care. But I just wanted her to give her the same opportunity as my son. I think what I'm gathering from you, based on what you've been saying, is that even your parents, even though they're like a little bit older, like the older generation, they're also about the equal opportunity. It sounds like if your mom could you know, support you when you were talking to that other lady about the little girl, yeah. right? I think, so. I, I, think, I think that's that in once we had our daughter, right? I okay. think my mom's still old school in a way in, uh, you know, she makes some choice comments about where the boy should be, even, yeah. you know, at times. And uh, you that's can't, they, 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 yeah, you can't falter for that. It's not like she's no. doing it in a malicious way. And sometimes things will go, um, come out of her mouth and she's very like uh, impulsive too right so yeah. there's no filter sometimes so it's it's a good person you should bring her on a podcast and you will yeah. see her and <laughs> she, done. She, yeah she's not she's not a typical uh, indian lady to be honest with you like you know growing grow, um, um being around you know she said i raised three boys i'm like uh do we have a brother that we don't know about and she's like no your dad myself my brothers so and my dad's a typical uh, dad right like he's uh you know he's good like all around the house that's him and the house it's mom right and he, you know he'll he's more helpful now and stuff but um but yeah like um yeah she'll and she made some you know like i said it, it, it's not you can't falter for that she, they, they've been no, not raised in that so you know uh, my my son loves wrestling and um, loves he's got 80 wrestlers he makes he's got the, all these rings so he's so spoiled by the grandparents they'll like, oh, get him this we'll get him that and my daughter likes wrestling too she knows all the male wrestlers and the female wrestlers so she's awesome, about yeah. 15 or 20 female wrestlers and my dad my mom may have mentioned a couple uh, uh maybe a week ago like hey uh, sachi you shouldn't be playing with wrestlers she's like daddy they're girl wrestlers right she's <laughs> like yeah but and she's like, no, if I, uh, my dad said I can play, right? So, you know, it just kind of like, uh, you know, and my mom was like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it, right? Like, you know, yeah. she, she retracted back. But like, um, you know, there's still that, you know, girls should do this, that. But I think our moms, after seeing like the sons being so involved with their kids and helping with around the house to mm -hmm. cleaning and cooking and, and so forth. So I think they've taken that, uh, you know, um, I know a lot of my friends, they, they'll, they'll do lots for their kids. Like, you know, you know, they've changed diapers. They've fed, yeah. they put them to sleep, read books, right. Which the typical Indian dad really didn't do and couldn't have, didn't have that, that capacity to do that. Cause they're always working or, you know, yeah. and uh, you got to respect that. So, and, and in every generation, there's an acceptance and there's an exemptions to some rules and bending of rules, if you will, and breaking barriers. I love so, that. That's really you know, nicely put exceptions yeah, and exemptions yeah yeah so i think that's where uh you know uh that's where it's really important and uh and that's where the equality part sets in right so. yeah what is something you would tell your 18 year old self today looking back like if you were talking to your 18 year old mm. self or that's a good, or good a piece question. of advice you'd give to your son or daughter yeah i, I think when you're 18 i think uh and i think even before that like when you're hit at before the age of 18, because, you know, now that we lived our lives, I'm, I will be 45 this year. So I'm halfway there, if not way past. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, when you hit those years, like 16, like 15 to 18, it's just yeah. go after, you know, just really, if it is sports, just keep training. And, uh, 
uh, for that. Um, when it comes to mindset, it's just, you know, have that mindset to be good in school and have that as a priority because I know um, college and universities are not all about grades. It's about how much work ethic you put in, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, you know, I'm talking to certain people in certain generations that, you know, things have changed from online school, but it's like just making classes and just making an attempt and just prioritizing um, the right things. Um, it's good to go out and with your friends and have fun and having also the work, um, you know, the work uh, conscious of being, you know, working somewhere, uh, anywhere, um, you know, so I would say going back to 18 and just continue to, you know, let's say if you're, if you're a sports or an athlete, it's to train and, and continue to better yourself away. Um, number two is like the schooling part, always be a keen student. Um, you know, sometimes grades uh, reflect too much, you know, you got to get into the university. So you got to yeah. be, you got to have good grades, but like just the work ethic behind it, the grind behind just being, you know, the, getting the education. And then, you know, when time permits, uh, you know, uh, finding a, a place to work where you learn the 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 requirements, what it takes to to work, to get up, or you know, work in different environments, and just another thing that I would say, the fourth thing would be, and just working on your mental toughness and your mental health. And I think mental health meaning just be resilient. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people pulling you this way, and some people pulling you that way. And, you know, you get you get that, and you get a group of 20 people at the age of 18. Now, you know, I think you can, you and I can both agree that you know you still have some toxic people kicking around even at this age <laughs> right uh, there's some jealousy there's like people that don't want you to succeed but uh, even at this age you know i'm 45 yeah. and i hear it i hear it i i see it uh i hear it through other people and and it's not that people bring it to an attention though and and you know be, you know, it's sometimes when you're in the public eye like myself now and well what i was doing with hockey and optimal hockey you you see the negativity of different people like and it's apparent out there but at the age of 18 it's more it it, it can it can mold you right if okay. you're with too much that's where you're most influential now if somebody goes to me oh up in hockey is like this or that i'll be like ah anyways you just turn your, your face opinion. the other way and yeah. walk yeah you go ahead you, you you you're more professional about things more mature about things but when you're younger yeah that's where things can mold you go with the right people and uh if you want to be an athlete or you want to be an engineer or you want to work as a firefighter or a police officer or a nurse. And, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of stigma for firefighting, like, Oh, it's a dangerous job. But I think, you know, I have applied in the past and I've torn ACLs on both knees. So that inhibited that. So, um, oh. <laughs> but like, I, I want to be the first Punjabi person to, to make into firefighting and, 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 and knowledge the, uh, are because we have policemen and police mm -hmm. women that are uh that are that are uh that are non uh, non like sorry indian that are in rcmp in, in the police force okay. so but in firefighting and i went to different fire halls and there's barely there's none in calgary so i want to be the first just to kind of pathway right and and tell them what the positives are you know yeah you're not making uh two hundred thousand dollars but you can but you're helping the community and so forth and you're an icon and you're a positive role model. So I think, um, you know, shifting it when your kids, uh, you know, telling the kids, what do you really want to do? What's your really mindset and just really being positive with them so that they make the right choices when they get older. So, and I think so that's I like super important, like in the South Asian culture, especially is that we don't, like I just talked about this on my last podcast, but I didn't have any role models outside of like, 
the conventional path, you know, like the doctors, the dentists, the lawyers, the professionals. And so when I chose to do something different, it was kind of like, okay, you're the black swan now of the family. And like, what are you really doing? And there's been a lot of skepticism and whatnot, but luckily, luckily for me, I had supportive parents. I mean, they were so confused, but they were like, okay, do you, right? And I think it's super important that we're changing that mindset and the barriers especially with like our generation and future generations that it's okay to do things for yourself and that's for the greater good and that's what the series is basically highlighting is that it's great to it makes that. sense well like when i was playing hockey and a lot of a lot of parents my parents kind of kept it quiet that i was making money right it wasn't like yeah. you're making a million dollar and i was driving around a high-end car or bought three houses right it wasn't like that it was just i was doing something first of all i love to do was to play mm-hmm. and if i was getting paid to play then great um but my parents uh, um would hear it from other parents like oh why you put them in hockey and and then they keep keep it silent, keep it humble that mm-hmm. he was ma- I was making money. And uh, I remember going to a, a friend's house and his brother was there, his sister was there and dad was there. And they're like, oh, you're going to play hockey again. I'm like, yeah, because you're just doing it for fun. I go, no, I've been getting paid for about three, four years. And their whole place went quiet, right? Uh, and it's like, yeah. oh, okay, then that's good. Oh yeah, then that's good, yeah, right? Then and it's, it's like, okay. Then mm-hmm. it's fine. And I think successes are really measured in happiness. And, you know, yes, okay. you'll make, you know, money is there. And, and I think our cultures are too fixated with that. Like, oh, you need to make money to be successful. You need to be earning six fingers plus, and you need to be driving this and that. And, yeah. but for me, the biggest happiness is when I see a smile on somebody's face, a girl boy's face, when you're helping them or the families and, you know, doing these clothing drives and going to like mustard seed and seeing their faces light up like, this is great. Your community is doing really good. And it's not just, it's, I love when they say your community, it's not dampy. It's somebody helping spearheaded, but getting the right people to help you. And going Mm -hmm. back to when you're 18, you don't need 20 friends. It's great to have 20 positive friends. It is, you know, having 20, because I've been in a hockey team and, and it's wicked to have 25 guys cheering when you win a championship, right? That's, that's the best part about it. But having if it's 20 friends that are positive great but you don't need that many uh we did a clothing drive we had about seven eight volunteers and we're all dialed in and it was so much fun uh i'm glad that you're doing what you're doing because that's inspirational you probably don't know how much how many people that you inspired the girls especially that are gonna look up to you and going that's wicked she's doing this and, and and the way you do it and i think it's important that for people to realize that that there's different avenues of happiness and it doesn't have to be the bank account all the time 100 percent couldn't agree more (laughs) let's talk about up mill hockey for a bit so you're a co-founder of this organization and tell us more about that so up mill hockey was started by lolly tour in edmonton uh lolly is uh, a about 15 16 years younger than me so he had a different experience in hockey so i got to play pro hockey i did face racial discrimination at times i went through different um, experiences that were racially based um and he felt that uh and his era obviously like i said he's uh i believe he's 16 years younger than me and he he felt that his steps to make it at a higher level was stopped because of racial discrimination. Like oh, he felt wow. that that was a pinnacle point and he didn't have a role model and he didn't know about me. 
you know, he didn't have any guidance or assistance and I didn't either. Like, to be honest with you, I yeah. really didn't have anybody either. And so he started up in hockey. So he quit the, the route of trying to get anywhere in hockey. So what he did was he started up in hockey as a, as a way of, to assist players. So first thing he started doing on his Instagram handle was uh, showcasing players that are playing in prominent levels, um, right. you know, alumni and so forth. So I went through his uh, Instagram handle after seeing posts of not only male and female and uh, in South Asian, not just Punjabi players, right? We're both Punjabi and, you know, yeah. sick faith. But for us, it was, you know, seeing players from different backgrounds. And, and then on his Instagram handle was his number. And I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and call. So I texted him and I just, hey, Lali, I love what you're doing. I've been following your page. And I was doing real estate back then. So I just got into the Instagram world, right? Just getting okay. into it, knowing <laughs> what a, I finally knew what a bio was and all that kind of stuff. And I was right in there. And uh, I would say from the time I met him, I didn't say, hey, I want to join or, you know, so forth. I introduced myself and I'm going to say, and I talk about this all the time, about 23, 24 seconds later from the message that I sent to his text or his phone, he called me and I see my phone says lolly too. I'm like, oh, either he's ticked off or he's mad. Right. So I didn't know anything. He calls me, he's like, hey, Damps. He doesn't even call me Damp. He goes, Damps, right? <laughs> and I'm like, that's what good friends call me. Like, yeah. Okay. And he goes, how you doing? I've been meaning to call you for the last week. And then he just went on tangent. And all I heard was, yeah. right? And, <laughs> and he goes, I know hockey guys. I know you. I know they told me to call you, but I was a little intimidated. And then, and then uh, we agreed to meet in Red Deer. Just, uh, okay. And I'm like, you come to Red Deer and I'll come to Red Deer. And uh, we'll talk. And, uh, and he goes, I really want you to be part of this. I really, I need somebody like you. And uh, we can blow this uh, out of the water if we, you know, we, you know by showcasing our Indian talent. And that's all we thought about is just, uh, and then when he found out that I was doing hockey, like before Opna hockey, before I joined, I was doing like on ice development for kids. Right. And I was doing it for fun. I was only charging five bucks and oh, wow. I just wanted to go up. Yeah. And now things have changed. Right. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> and, uh, but anyways, uh, it was fun. It was good talking to him, just learning about what he went through, a lot of similarities, some differences, right. Of different experiences and stuff, but um, he really, really showed me a lot of respect. And he goes, "I looked you up. A lot of people know, I, I know about you, and I play a lot of ball hockey in Edmonton, so all this community knows about me." And uh, so it was a positive. And and who would have thought from the meeting in Red Deer to winning in an NHL NHL award? I know my name's on the trophy, but it's a joint effort. It's a group effort. It's not just you know the parents obviously putting us in hockey and supporting us what we are doing to you know, my wife and kids and everything and my parents, his parents, his brother and sister and everybody. So it was a joint effort and, uh, and all these volunteers that come out to help out. So uh, we didn't know that this was going to come to, to winning an NHL award. So that's how Opna Hockey started. And, uh, and, uh, and I started doing some on ice development here. So I do on ice development. We still are showcasing any, um, uh, anybody that's involved in hockey. Right. And even sport in general, like if we see a soccer player at a young age uh, that is South Asian that gets selected or you know, gets to play pro, um, we, we highlight that. We want to inspire people in the name of hockey and sport. And um, so a lot of things we attend different webinars, workshops, uh, diversity in hockey or just being part of it. And later on today, we'll be talking to Bob Sandy, who's part of Hockey Canada. He wears a turban. He's got a beard and you know, you some, something unorthodox for, you know, uh, but this day and age, yeah, and it's awesome. I know for me personally, I still get a lot of uh, parents talking about the racial stuff that goes on in hockey. 
and some of the things that people are saying and how their kids get restricted. Mm-hmm. So that still is prevalent now. And, and, um, and I've spoken up to a few different situations that have happened uh, recently, or obviously because of COVID hockey's kind of on a standstill right now, yeah. but listening to, listening to parents and, and a lot of things that the, the racial part is still there. The stigma of like East Indians not excelling it's in hockey is there, but you know, and I think we're there. Um, we're helping our junior hockey players, just not just, uh, finding places to play, but more importantly, they're, you know, being there to guide them and assist them and stuff. So up in hockey is in different realms and we want to be a voice for our community and, and continue to work with different organization agencies to, to, to grow the game as well. Right. And I think the NHL has to realize that the game uh, needs to be, to, to be kind of include everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, and it's hard for them to see that sometimes, but, uh, you know, we're here if once the time comes, if they needed to have a conversation, well, and we're working on that as well, right. We can't be highlighting everything that we're doing, but, yeah. um, but we do, do, uh, feel that the NHL needs to kind of, uh, allow some more, uh, diversity in the game of hockey for, with the right people, not just yeah. because not just, Oh, he's East Indian. He should be making it no. because of the <laughs> diversity, but the right people and giving that opportunity. It's just giving somebody a chance. Right. So. Absolutely. I think you guys are trailblazers in that. And I think it's a wonderful thing that you guys are doing and like speaking up on. We're also working on trying to get a, an Olympic ice hockey team from India. And oh my god okay so so we do have a database of players now are we going to use the players from india it's going to be hard because they have to hit a certain level but but okay. if they're indo canadian right yeah. uh have some lineage back in india uh we can have a very strong team and and a lot of people don't realize like the olympic teams such as team canada u.s sweden finland russia czech and uh, slovakia they're like the top tier and then there's a division one below that with a bunch of countries. Okay. And then there's a division two, and then there's a division three. So the top division doesn't have a name. It's just the top, right? Like Canada, U S okay. and all that. Then there's a number, there's another division. And then there's a second and a third one. And I was talking to one of the player and one of the people, uh, they, they live out of Chestermere and they're play from the Lebanese ice hockey team. And he goes, the amount of good players you guys have in your community, you guys can easily be in the second tier like of that and slowly move up to the first tier and the first tier is below the main this all the the, right. the other countries so and uh, lali and i are trying to um you know we'll need the public support or businesses or somebody that is willing to to you know invest in this is that yeah uh the next olympics we we would love the olympic committee to see that india would be part of it and it doesn't have to be with the like i say the top team but even be part of the uh the association the federation rather oh, the WIHF federation, because we do have players that are playing in american hockey league playing in europe mm-hmm. and they have great uh hockey skills and uh like i said talking to one of the players that played for lebanon he's like i, I will tell you right now you guys would be very, very competitive. And uh, it's good to hear that because they played in those tournaments and, uh, yeah. and, and slowly move our way up to, to a certain level where, you know, we have a chance to play and it'll take some time. It's not going to be overnight, but hmm. that's something that we really, really think that it's doable, but it just, the support needs to be made, you know, done and, um, and hopefully we get some traction on that. So. That's amazing. Now we have partnerships with Shaw, Rogers Communications. We have partnerships with Bauer. Um, Rogers Communications is that each player gets $150 to, uh, for their hockey expenses. Um, some of the parents uh, 
that uh, that don't need it have been donating yeah. the money to different uh, for to other families that need it. So huh? that yeah. which is awesome. So it's it's a pay it forward situation. Um, but the biggest thing is Rogers is giving the opportunity of kids um, to do Zoom calls uh, as a group with like players in the NHL, like John Tavares. Oh, the captain of the Toronto Maple Police. So it's a it's a live Zoom call. That's amazing. The uh, next one is on February fourth, where uh, Reeves from uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights and Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers will speak to the, oh, to wow. the players as well. Okay. So they'll get that. And I, and I do think, and I'm not jumping ahead. I think Connor McDavid will make an appearance too, because uh, he he's endorsing the program. So we do we're doing that with Rogers. We have 50 players from Upna Hockey or. Up hockey has reached out to 50 players, male yeah. and female. I believe we have 22 girls part of this program, um, part of it. And then we have Bauer, and I think you may have seen me distributing some hockey equipment. So Bauer mm-hmm. and us have a partnership where we want to grow the game. And, and uh, so we're giving to families that need hockey equipment because maybe finances and so forth, mm-hmm. or to grow the game by uh, giving a young three, four-year-olds hockey Equipment so they can start their journey in hockey and then yeah. obviously players that continue playing that need the equipment um, uh, or want the equipment to to continue to play so so Bauer has been very very uh, generous and they gave us 800 pieces of equipment which we've distributed 600 in BC, Alberta 100 in BC and 100 uh, in Ontario so, so those are some of the ventures we're working on right now and uh, it's been pretty good so and a lot of good support there too yeah, the community's been really good. Like, to be honest with you, like to win the award, you needed the, uh, the votes and so forth. And I didn't know where I would stand because uh, you know one of the finalists has a backing of the Washington Capitals. Um, one of the other finalists would have the backing of the Columbus Blue, Blue Jackets. Oh wow! So so when people read that, they're like, "Oh, good luck, right? Do you have any backing with oh. the Flames?" I'm like, mm, "No, I don't. <laughs> I know, I know." Matt stage and tweeted, and I appreciate that, and. Uh, but nobody reached out like in the flames the organization yeah. say, hey, you know, I know you're, you're a finalist and so forth. Not saying that I was expecting it, but right. yeah, both of the other finalists have the backing of the Washington Capitals. The Capitals owner actually put on LinkedIn, like vote for her. So I was like, uh, yeah. And I looked at myself in the mirror like, hey, good luck, right? Yeah. But to, to be able to win it and, and face game, and, uh, you know, when I say you're, you're competing against them, but then I had an opportunity to speak to John Hafferman and Alexander Briggs-Blake. I got to see, uh, I've talked to Michael Watson, who's, who's the associate of my, uh, John Hafferman, and they all want to work together with us, each other. So, Amazing. you know, so, so networking. You, yeah. you, you compete, yeah, to get the votes, but you realize you're all doing the same thing. So okay. I, I made it a, a point that as we move forward, that we should do things together and wherever mm-hmm. we can help each other. So it's, I told him it was, a, it was a joint victory. Like, you know, we're all in it together. We're all there for the right reasons. It's not that I'm better than not. And like I said, the voting situation was really, you know, uplifting, uplifting for me because of the support I got from not only in Canada, but across Canada, but Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, even in the I States. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and even in India, my, all my family members are, were glued to their phones and uh, making That's sure awesome. they voted. And, and my mother-in-law called people in Germany or, you oh. know, Europe. Yeah. So I, I think if they had the algorithms or a program that, to see where I got all the votes from it, it, they would say it was all over kind of the world. My, I have a niece living in Australia. She texted me and said, or messaged me on Instagram. It's like, I'm getting all my friends to vote. So, uh, so, you know, I think 
one thing is to get the votes in, but it's easy to nowadays if somebody were to be like this person's in the public eye, you know, first thing you do is Google their name, right? And mm -hmm. uh, if people Googled my name and, and liked what they saw, then it's a it's a it's a win for our, you know our, our hockey community here in Calgary and, and myself. But uh, but uh, but I'm glad that how it all worked out. Like I said, I I didn't have any aspiration. I didn't think that this would come you know, yeah. to win an NHL award, but uh, now that it's here, it's. Uh, it's it's because of the support system that you get. Right? So. so when was the moment you understood the impact you had in the world of hockey, but also in the community? Uh, or have you had that moment yet? <laughs> it's hard. Like, I just think I'm just, and when I say this, like a regular person just doing what I'm doing, I think I'll be honest with you. I was about 12 years old. I was my son's age where I had a mindset. And I know I've talked about this in different podcasts that I want to make an impact in hockey. And one was to try to make it to the NHL. But for me, honestly, uh, my wife doesn't like when I say this is that I, you know, she said, you should always make the NHL. Like you, know, you should have that mindset just to go to the NHL. But I, I told myself, I want to get to as highest level of hockey as possible and respect that. And then one day give back. So I think the aha moment or the start of that moment started the whole start of everything was when I was 12. And I don't know why 12. I think I'd, I had some tough years of hockey. Uh, became a su I was a superstar before that. Then I played AAA hockey where I wasn't the superstar. Uh, and then the next year it was, I was normal, if you will. And then the year after that, I picked it up again. And, uh, but I think 12 was where it was like a test for me. And I was like, I want to to do what I want to do and I want to be able to later on in life and also and help out the fam, uh, the kids and so forth and families and also as a scrawny little kid not saying that I'm anything different now but like I've always focused on my physique and uh, and I also told myself I want to help in hockey but I want to have the ability to have a decent physique where I can help you know friends and you know kids and so forth and and um, and I think that's a big thing uh, when you're trying to be a leader. And, and, you know, even at this age, you know, if you're look a certain way and it's not just facial features, anything, if you're physically fit and I see different coaches that are physically fit, you know, it goes further and especially this generation. Yeah. Um, but if you're, uh, if you're not, then, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you can't practice what you preach, but uh, yeah, that's what, that's where it all started. And I think when I, when I got to the IHL, I think the aha moment went there. Like, cool, I got there at a certain level. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, you never think about, right? So uh, I did have the Columbus Blue Jackets of the NHL come down and they scouted. And it was in the front page of the, uh, the Tacoma Tribune, which is the newspaper, and said Columbus Blue Jackets uh, have talked to Dan Pibar and, and another player, Trevor Roenick. And uh, it was nice to nice to have your name in the same sentence of an NHL team, right? So, and now as I move forward, and even in winning this award, and you know, I was top twenty compelling Calgarians, and I got a lot of praise for that. And it's like, how? Where do you put everything? You know, how do you absorb everything? And I think, yes, uh, we've made an impact in hockey by starting off in the hockey and, and giving back to the communities. I don't, and I don't think the aha moment hundred percent will be there. I think you continue to keep building, keep finding different ways to, yeah. to give back to the community through the, through the hockey world or the sport world. I, I really admire how much of a family man you are as well. You've got, it sounds like it shows from your profiles and like 
social and what I know of you, but also the way you've been talking and you're so humble and it sounds like you have a really good support system. Um, I'm going to shift the gears a little bit and I'm going to bring up the farmers protest and let's, let's talk about that and let's talk about the impact that that's had on you and your family and let's bring more awareness about this because absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, for, you know, uh, when I talked to my dad, I think, uh, it had to be probably in October, November and, uh, and even, but even before that, but it really hit me, uh, when he talked about it because the, the laws were introduced and he kind of explained to me in his words, how this would impact. And I was like, Oh dad, that's not good. Right. And, um, and he's like, no, this is not good. You know, our whole family, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have 23 first cousins, right? So from my mom's side and my dad's side. But regardless of all that, like everybody is, families are built on farming. And he goes, honestly, my dad, my dad goes, the reason why we came to Canada, we had the money to come to Canada or the means and the resources because we're farmers. You know, if you're a non-farmer, the chance that you come to Canada in the 1970s or the, or the late 60s was none you couldn't make it you didn't have the money or the resources and so he goes i left and my older brothers basically said don't fail right and work hard so and my dad would work in the in the farms as well like he was like you know i wasn't babied too much and uh so when i came to canada working in mills and coal mines wasn't hard because i got to work in the farms so i I think a lot of guys that are my friends are punjabi or non-punjabi like that come from punjab the parents came in the late sixties or mid sixties to seventies and we're given the same kind of uh, philosophies of work, uh, work ethic, right? Because, you know, to, in order to do, you know, uh, in order to have a successful farming situation, um, it doesn't matter how many acres of land you have, you have to put some effort into it. And yes, there's, there's, you know, nowadays there's workers in the fields, it's a system, right? So, you know, the, the landowners are landowners, but they still have to keep track of everything and they help out when they come say, you know, it's, if your landlord life is a little bit easier, but like you're also helping other people in other families, right? We've had the same workers in our family and it's generation and generations. And, you know, our family helps out with their weddings and the cost and all that kind of stuff, but it becomes a great, becomes a bigger family, if you will. Right. It's, and it's just how India is made and built uh, in, in Punjab. Right. So, um, but like the work ethic that my dad and you know, his brothers and all put together, um, and then when he came to Canada, my dad, my dad never looked back. He never had to be like, oh, I didn't succeed in this. And, uh, and that, that parlays into kind of my work ethic in, in hockey. You know, I know you have to put your body on the line to play hockey. And even now I, I play a lot of ball hockey and it's not a hard, it's not easy to play against 24, 23 year olds. So, so yeah. you learn that from, from different generations of school of thought. And now I get to give back to my kids. And uh, so you know, with the farmers protest, just, just uh, seeing what they're dealing with right now and coming together. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so wonderful in the fact that they're coming together and uh, they're fighting for the laws to be revoked and so forth. And if you look at the situations, like the government really has to see what they're doing right and and like the Sikhs like you know it become a lot of people like it's the farmers against the government and the laws but it's not like let's be honest right like the the Sikhs have been 
oppressed for a long time. They had, we had a, yeah. in 1984, with, I, you know, I was only eight years old. So I read, I read three books on Operation Blue Star and all that. And yes, there's political situation that happened. But at the end of the day, a lot of a generation of young youth have been, were killed off. And a lot of people don't know about that. And now with social media, uh, there's more awareness. I have a lot of hockey parents calling me, even texting me like, oh, Dampy, I'm sorry to hear what's happening in India. They're, they're, you can go jump on and Google like what the three laws, how it would affect them and stuff. And a lot of, and I want to thank a lot of the people that are non, non-Sikh, non-Indian that are supporting this and uh, are aware of this. And uh, I just had a, a text message earlier today and, and it's crazy. I stayed up till four o'clock watching some footage on Instagram and YouTube and stuff. And, it is affecting a lot of families here. My parents, I think my mom, my mom calls and she's bawling on the phone all the time because, you know, they were built on farming and so forth. And, and she feels, you know, we're living a great life here. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. My parents have, are living a great life and, and just, they just feel it for the farmers that have two acres of land and three acres of land. And, and a lot of people around the world don't know how many suicides that go on, you know, because, you know, the male, you want to say, you know, if the, the male can't provide for the family and he, he feels this is the only way out. So they're, so they off themselves. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of suicides that have happened and it's not being publicly. Yes. It's, you know, if you're, if you know what's going on, you're putting it on your Instagram and stuff, but like the public doesn't know. And, uh, and, uh, and a lot of like the government is bringing a lot of alcohol and drugs into Punjab, right. To decimate the, the youth that are, you know, just let's say sitting idle, right. Because they're landowners and other people are working and, and I know that and I went to India and I actually ended up talking to a few people and saying that, well, th- this has been going on for like 10, 15 years of the drugs and the alcohol being brought in and, uh, and not putting a stop to that. And it's the government trying to do whatever they can to, to get the Sikhs at a level where they can be taken control of. Right. But, uh, and we all know, uh, we appreciate the Alberta farmers, the Saskatchewan farmers, Manitoba, like anybody that farms across the world, you got to give them, a thumbs up um you got to respect that my dad had a even now has a garden but in sparrowed remember having a garden in sparrowed and and him bringing in fresh carrots and onions and peas and all that and he's and him and my mom and my dad would fight all the time like it's not she'd like go grab some like carrots my dad's they're not ready yet like they're not <laughs> like yeah they are like you know go to that side and how 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 they how the Indian dads back in Sparrow, even now, how they take care of their farms because they don't want that piece to leave them. So <clears throat> in hindsight, it's a, it's a sad situation. I, I hope that the government gets to see that. And I hope that people that, let's say on this podcast um, and further podcast or, or any information they get, they really see that, uh, you know, there's a lot of families that will get affected by this, right? If yeah. the laws keep going. And, and it's a business venture for the two the two people in question and, you know, for the prime minister to, to tweet about other countries and what they're going through and not really. To yeah, care, right? yeah. Yeah. If I, if as an opera hockey <laughs> member and I, if I see there's a program in Tampa Bay or somewhere in Boston or whatever in the U S doing well, you know, or suffering, you know, um, you'd help them. Right. That's, that's, you know, if there's another Indian hockey program, let's say in Boston, Massachusetts, and there's three kids that started this program and, and it's like opera hockey and, and, uh, and they go through some rough things, you know, I'm going to reach out to them and, and so forth. And, you know, that's your people. That's, you know, you never met them before, but that's, you want to support them. And, uh, but for the prime minister to sit idle 
and he's creating a big segregation and uh you know uh, the most of the government is non-sikh and if you know what i yeah. mean and and they're from the hindu religion and and some of the hindu people are helping punjabis right it's not like that but he, they're creating a big segregation between them and like calling sikhs you know terrorists and stuff like really really think about the call Saeed just won a, an, an unbelievable award and you're calling them a terrorist group and uh, yeah that's where you gotta like that's where you the humanity side and we talked about it earlier like the, the humility of that it's just you can't you can't do that you know and, and you know what and it affects our generation of kids too because my kids aren't oblivious right and they hear Absolutely. things and uh, and i don't want i don't i don't want to shield them either right no so and uh but yeah um so that whole protest you know um, it like i said it watched it till four o'clock and you know it was uh it's hard to watch at times, but you know, you just kind of sit there and kind of take it all in and hope for the best. So, so how do we show support for this? And it just, uh, you know, right now, like only thing I can do is go on social media. Uh, I'm, I'm, when I say this, I'm not saying this to, to act like a tough guy or anything, but I know a few of my friends talked about going to India. Oh yeah. Being, being Canadians and, going there with her phones and really highlighting and you know like you know obviously there's a people know who I am in Calgary like you know yeah. uh, a lot of people and and I, I was just thinking to my head as just getting off the plane and going there and, and saying hey guys this is what's happening this is the suppression this is what's the negative part like for uh, people to, to to see that but I have uh, two other friends we thought about it and uh, you know obviously you know we have family and there's this you know chance of you know, certain situations you can get targeted and, you know, it That's is India true. at the end of the day, yeah. but, but only thing we can do is uh, on social media is, is awareness and somebody text messages, just be professional about it and so forth. And, and a lot of like people that are non-Indian are, they're talking about the segregation in the community, right. And how it's being created. A lot of people are, are uh, finding information and, and not just, just going about what we're putting on Instagram and they're saying that, well, you, the Sikh faith has been going through that. And that, and like I said, a lot of, it is the farmers we have farmers from different parts of India that are not Sikh that are also affected by that. So, you know, they're coming together and the media doesn't show all that kind of stuff. So uh -huh. it's not just the Sikhs. It's the, all the other farmers that are being affected by that. And, uh, but if the, the, the government should really think about what they're, you know, doing in Punjab where majority of the people are Sikh, right. And you know, as a parent, if your kid is funny and comical and witty, probably gets it from one of the parents, right? If yeah. the kid is swearing and negative, probably gets it from the parents. So, from so what I'm the example of that is the top up. If your government is corrupt and your government has an, a certain agenda, and government is not fair, you're going to see that, and you're seeing it. So, down. yeah. Yeah, it's a trickle-down effect in certain things that my kid follows me and I do certain things that uh, he shouldn't be following me if I accidentally yeah. stub my toe and threw the F-bomb. But, uh, but uh, yeah, like the government is really showing their true colors right now and uh, it's really sad to see that. And, um, and the awareness, you know, for other people is just the uh, only thing you can do is show awareness and support. That's all you can do and, and learn the details because I know, you know, I've seen turmoil in other countries. Yeah, and so and sometimes you're flipping the channel. You're like, oh, okay, whatever. But yeah, now it's happening in our country, and and you you don't want other people to just turn the channel or just skip through it. So it's uh, a humanity issue, I think, at the end of the yeah. day. I don't, you know. Yeah. 
it's bigger than what media has it and what's interesting is that now there are a lot of phones on the ground so you know you're getting a little bit more of the raw footage of what's really happening and yeah. when i started looking into it i was like this is I, like i had no words i was speechless yeah. what the internet they, they they're turning off the internet right and you know and now the encouragement is to make videos right you can yeah. turn off the internet but you can still make videos and post later and uh yeah, but um, yeah, like the government, uh, sorry, the, uh, the media, like it's, it's crazy. Like they, they're also causing a lot of segregation and separation and, uh, you know, and uh, I feel bad, honestly, for the police officers that are involved because I, I'm pretty sure if you were to go one-on-one -on -one with them and say, are you glad to be there? They're going to be like, no, right? Like they're, they're scared and uh, you see that and they're only there because they have a duty to do and a job to do and they understand that. But uh but yeah, like it's just a, it's just a bad situation there, and you know, and but the thing is, it all comes down to how we're having this podcast. We're sharing ideas. We're talking about you know our experiences. I think when your kid is like five years old, we are saying, "Hey, use your words. Don't cry. Don't yeah. whine. Use your words. Explain something to me. Here, have a seat with me. Sit on my lap." Uh, that's something you're taught when you're almost three to four years old. Mm -hmm. And if the prime minister can't sit down with the farmers and talk in a rational manner and have the right people talk, that shows your character. Like, Absolutely. you know, like, yeah, like you can hide away and hire your own people to talk, but you know, to, to put forward these three laws without consulting with anybody, it's like me, my kids coming in from school and say, yeah, okay. You're not allowed to eat any snacks when you come in until five, seven o'clock. Uh, you can't have dinner till 10 and you have to be in bed by 10, 15, like making unrealistic laws. Oh, you know, and I can see my kids go, well, why don't you talk to us about it? And it's just like a simple concept. Yeah. Why don't you talk to farmers, like how it may help or how can we tweak it and how can it benefit? Why put the laws behind somebody's back and expect them to uh, abide, accept, them. Yeah. abide? So, you know, this is something Modi has a lot of education under his belt. Right. And I seen that, and you, you know, you got to respect that you, somebody's put, but it doesn't take education to, to, to be able to talk to people. It no. doesn't take education to have a heart for other people when they are suffering. So you can throw all that stuff aside. And if you don't have that, you don't need education for that. You just need to be a human being. And, mm -hmm. and he, he can, he can be, he can probably say that, you know, I've been, I'm forced to do this or I'm influenced to do that, but don't be prime minister then. No. You know, you can't be a leader if you can't step up. And, uh, and um, you know, he's going, you know, you know, I see different posts from people that favor Modi and they talk about his education and what he's at. You can have a three-year-old son, daughter, sit on your lap and you can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. If Modi doesn't see that, then yeah. he shouldn't be in power, right? But I think that's it. Uh, a lot of your time <laughs> oh good no problem that's fun this was good this was fun and you got to, i enjoyed it yeah it's, it's uh good topics and stuff and uh yeah. is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover oh just if anybody uh needed any assistance with hockey or knowledge how to put their kids in hockey uh, anything about when to start skating any programs um uh, not only do that, I run a program, but I can forward or relate uh, any information for them to uh, 
to use in the future for their kids. Um, uh, if they wanted to learn how to power skate or so forth, I can help them with that. Um, uh, some people that are playing serious hockey, if there's, you know, they want to put their kids on hockey treadmills or anything, shooting lessons, definitely I can relate the information where they can get that. So, you know, I don't Amazing. want, I want, I want uh, the parents to feel free to call me at any time to get the information. And if I can help them and be on the ice with them, great. If I can, and if there's other uh, avenues of help, then we'll definitely do that. So. Absolutely. Sounds good. I also wanted to shout out your wife because I remember when she won Miss Calgary years ago and I just, yeah, I remember hearing about that and seeing like her photos on TV and everything. And she was like the brown girl that every brown girl wanted to be. So I just wanted to shout her out. <laughs> yeah, that was in 2001. And uh, I was kind of talking to her when I was playing hockey in Tacoma because we, yeah, we started talking because her younger sister is married to my best friend from Sparwood, right? Oh, That's really? how we got. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I was just talking to her, and she's like, "Well, I might do Miss Calgary." I'm like, "Oh, why wouldn't you? Like, you have to, right?" Yeah. And uh, and then I get a phone call from her friend saying she won, she won, and I was sleeping, and like, and I was uh, an hour behind, but I was for some reason I was sleeping early, and uh, I'm like, I have no clue who this is, but I'm, congratulations. She's like, "No." Or we call her Geep. Geep one, Geep one. I'm like, oh, well, the Miss Calgary. Yeah. So I briefly talked to her. I think I think I did briefly talk to her, and uh, it was it was great because she was the first uh, visible visible minority to win that. Exactly, yeah. And and uh, you know once again breaking barriers and her biggest support. Absolutely. You know obviously her parents were both there, but her, the dad wasn't like the typical Indian dad. He wasn't like, mm-hmm. no, you can't do that. So that's very admirable for and inspirational for for me to learn that too back then is like the dad was really supportive of that. Usually the dad is like, you're going to be wearing what you're going to be doing this. You're going to be in front of who. Right. So, but the dad was like, no, no, no. Uh, I want you to, you know, do what you want to do. And uh, so it's great to, to see her win it. And, uh, and then I got to see her, uh, she was runner up for Miss Canada uh, in the summertime, I believe it was in July or August. So I got to, to, to go see that competition and that pageant. So it's great. Uh, like I said, uh, it's good. And the different people are making marks in different times and in different industries, like uh, in yourself, like through the beauty stuff and uh, the, from the podcast. So, you know, I think our culture is now moving away from, you know, the stigma of Additional. doing this and that. Yeah. Um, so That's it's great. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. And uh, I'll talk to her and uh, she's very humble about it. She's like, yeah. <laughs> definitely so yeah no that's awesome your whole family seems like trailblazers so it's it's a good you attract people that you know are kind of have the same mindset right so uh like i said i was only 23 i think when i got to speak to her like i i got to talk to her before about what she was all about and stuff and that's where we kind of the the ignition of dating started and i see her and uh, seen that she talked highly about her dad being very, you know, uh, Seva oriented, meaning to help. Yeah. And we named our named our kids Seva after that, right? Yeah. And um, and she found out how I was in the community, and she got to uh, when we were dating, she got to sp- uh, spend some time in Tacoma and to come to the oh, games nice. and got to experience the fans there and talking to different people, and she got to see how it was to be a hockey girlfriend, you know. I think it makes a huge difference when you have that kind of support. So, mm-hmm. 
well, she nominated me for the award, right? And I they took her. No- yeah. Yeah. So, and Rico Phillips, who was the past winner uh, out of Flint, Michigan, his wife nominated him to the NHL. They're like, oh yeah, we actually, that's what we want to see is somebody that's close to the person. I'm like, oh, okay. I just didn't want it to be, you know, skewed or biased and all that. No, but yeah, no. your, your part, your partner is your, uh, your biggest support system. But uh, when I found out that Rico Phillips wife nominated and, uh, and so forth, but I had like, I, I sent out the nomination to 10 different people and all outside of my family that, uh, that really knows me. She was the only inside of the family that, that yeah. knew me, knew me. And, uh, and they're, they're not, uh, as for the NHL, they were saying that their nominations were really good too. So, but yeah. we took your wives because it would be more special, but, uh, but the other, other nominations were great too. They thought it was really highlighted what you did and your personality. And so, and so I was all, like, we had people from outside of Calgary that I sent the nomination to. I, I believe I sent it to, with my wife, nine other people, so 10 people. Okay. And she was the only, I think only, there was only two or three Calgarians that yeah. I used, right? And they were not my family members. And it was good uh, to see that the NHL was like, wow, when we read him, we're, well, we got to get this guy, you know, in the top 20 and, uh, you know, and all worked out pretty well. So That's awesome. Thank you so much for being no here problem. Today. I appreciate all your time, and it was great learning more about you from you rather yeah. than reading about <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I wish you all the best. I think you're doing wonderful things with Up Now Hockey, and however I can support, please let me know. Sure. Um, yeah, no, that's good to be on here because uh, you know you got the smiley, you know, the crew that will be following you and different people from different backgrounds and. And like I, I wanted to highlight is the, to anybody is that it's not just being given back to the Punjabi community because I've been part of the smiling ball hockey. Uh, oh, 100%. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, all, like we're all, just a brown community at the end of the yeah. day. Not smiley yeah. Punjabi, whatever. It's, it's yeah. we're all brown. Well, 